0: You are listening to an audio from Redemption City Church. If you would like to explore more resources or donate to this ministry, go to
1: www.visitredemptioncc.com. Christmas everyone. I'm so excited. It's Pastor Brandon here right from the Rochelle family home and we're so excited. I've been talking with friends and family and of course our church community about this really important opportunity that only comes around once every seven years and that's Christmas on a Sunday. What better time for us to have the Word of God preached and going forth than Christmas morning, right? And so today we're going to be um, camping out on Advent as our theme, and it's going to be all about changing our perspectives and altering our trajectories in Christ as we look through um, hope through the biblical lens of what's found. Jesus. And so I want to be really honest today because you may be a long-term Christian that's been going to church your whole life, or you may be new to the faith and you're exploring the sermon as like an entry to like, what is this whole Christian thing about? Okay. So if you walk away from this sermon with more questions than you have answers, we've done our job today right like like today is a start of a conversation and it's not it's not an end of a conversation so for for our local church community we're going to spend the next few weeks kind of reacting to today's sermon and going deeper into this topic and so if you are not a part of our community and you have another church that you call home or you don't have a home church uh, feel free to reach out to us and to inquire to get more of what we're doing on this topic or Of course, go back to your local church and engage with your pastors. I'm sure they would be happy to walk you through whatever you've taken from today and to help you continue on your journey in Christ. But with no further ado, let's get ready for the next hour and 40 minutes or so. I believe the Lord has a lot for us. Hey, Merry Christmas. Advent is here. Let's go. Holy Spirit, help us grow. If you have your Bibles and I... Really hope you do. Let's open them to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 19, and we're gonna be we mm, we're gonna be all up in this text in just a little bit. Now, now I don't know about what your family does during the winter holiday seasons, but the Rochelle family, folks, we just try to shift gears as hard and as fast as we can as soon as Thanksgiving is over. Because let me just tell you, our tradition after Thanksgiving and I'm being honest, sometimes the very next day is to immediately start setting up everything for Christmas, and let me tell you, our kids have historically loved, loved, loved doing this tradition throughout the years. In fact, by the time I wake up the day after Thanksgiving and you walk down our stairs, you might think it's Christmas Eve over here at the Rochelle family home, and there's just Christmas music on and Jillian's baking cinnamon rolls, and there's just this festive experience going on every day, the day after Thanksgiving. Honestly, folks, you think it's you think it's Christmas Eve, and so this year in particular, we have looked to expand our Christmas experience and and kind of the traditions that we do around the Christmas holiday, and to hopefully create a few more memories and milestones as our kids continue to get older and older. Like we decided to take our our Christmas budget and to prayerfully move and kind of some of our budget. Away from some of the presence side of things, and more to kind of the experience and the kind of home display side of things. If if you're following me now, now immediately, now admittedly, I I must confess I'm a little bit concerned about the power bill this year. If you know what I mean. So so prayers and supplication for the Portland Gas and Electric bill that's coming in January. You know what I mean. If if you catch my drift. But but seriously, I'm all in for the wind this year as our family leans into this year's Christmas or or advent season and and so when I say that that I'm excited for the Christmas season I'm not talking about the kind of over commercialized version that leaves us all kind of kind of disappointed and a little bit depressed the day the day after Christmas, right I'm talking about the type of Christmas season that has the real potential to sort of store up our affections and our joy and our excitement as we remember and consider some of the most important truths of all time and i'm talking about the the cosmic truth of the arrival of the baby jesus who was the god man wrapped in flesh and the hope and the peace and the joy and the love praise christ that arrived with him because folks that is what christmas and advent season is all about but let me tell you i'm particularly pumped and i'm especially grateful for this year's advent season i'm serious because if god's church Ever, and I mean ever, should be super pumped and high energy and, and just filled with gratitude for the opportunity to focus on what Avent actually represents and what it's truly about, uh, truly about. It's these last few years that we've all been navigating through this incredibly diffi- difficult COVID pandemic season, right? Like, if there was ever a, a perfect time to joyfully look back on the coming of the baby Jesus who came in the flesh in in such a way that that makes us anticipate that that he's going to come again and that life will be better forever. It's this season of our lives. Listen, these last couple years have been just different, haven't they? They, They've been different because when I call people and and I ask them how their Thanksgiving or their Christmas season has been at least these last few years, people say things like, well, it's been different. It's, it's been difficult, and it's been a bit strange. Things have never really returned to being exactly the same. Or, or, or they'll say something like, well, it, it, it's good. It's just been smaller, and, and it's less of the huge feast type of a thing that it used to be. But by and large, if you really lean in, right? And you really listen to the whispers and the sounds of our culture, even though most of us have returned completely to in-person gatherings and just navigating life like it used to be, there's, there's still this kind of dark, obvious cloud, right? And a sense of palpable loss and disappointment looming over our country as a result of the COVID pandemic. And, and folks, and all the family fractures and the family divisions and the struggles that have come along with it, hasn't there been? And so and so, in response to all of that, I mean all of it, I want us to turn our attention to what I believe has been the backbone of the Christian church since her inception. And, and this is our unwavering freedom of hope and our unwavering freedom to hope. It's an opportunity to hope, right? Built upon what cannot be shaken regardless of the season that we're currently living in. I think that's good news. And so if there was ever a time to joyfully remember the baby in the manger as the arrival of our King Jesus, if there was ever a time to remember and to recenter where we place our hope and where our Christian hope is to be founded upon, it's a season like now, right? Okay, now now let's just be honest. For for so many of us, this season is filled and ripened with a variety of little losses, right? Like. You're not going to see a commercial about that. Everything's going to be, everything's jolly. But, but the reality of the situation is, a lot of us, this season is filled and is ripened with a variety of little losses. And, and they're adding up over here, and they're adding up over there, and they're adding up over there, aren't they? And for some of us, some of us in the room, it's not small losses at all, is it? It's epic, heart-wrenching, gut-destroying soul destroying losses and it hurts. Okay, so what a gift of God's grace that here, as the weather turns colder and colder in the winter holiday season, we can be proverbially heated and warmed up so supremely as we remember these important truths about our Christian freedom to hope and our Christian opportunity to hope today upon the name Jesus. Now, now, for some of you long-term Christians, have you ever like wondered and sat back and thought about traditionally why so many churches start their Advent season with a theme of hope? Okay, well, from my vantage point, I've always thought that starting with, with hope as the theme is a good and a right and kind of it fits really well because it's the foundation, folks, of our hope that helps to bolster and keep us longing, longing after Jesus in the first place. Let me say it to you again. Starting with hope is a great place to start the Advent season because it's the foundation of our hope that bolsters and keeps us longing after Jesus in the first place. In fact, let me say to you this way. Let me, let me share with you this really important truth to get things cracked open today. Here it is. It's, it's on your screen. This is an important truth about hope. Where you place your hope is directly tied to what your experience of joy will be. Let me, let me say it to you again. Where you place your hope is directly tied to what your experience of joy will be. Okay, so so in other words, wherever you're saying, I'm, I'm putting my hope on that, yo, or or I'm betting my life on on this thing, like wherever you're placing your hope in, whether that's a person or a place or an opportunity, it's to that place, it's to that place that your joy will be directly tied to. Are you are you tracking? Now, now look at me. I'm not talking about happiness, okay? I'm not talking about that. Like like maybe nobody's ever told you this or will ever say this to you again for the rest of your life, but but I'm going to say something to you that I believe you need to hear and, and I need to be reminded of. Listen, I could care less about your happiness, yo. I mean it, and I think that you should too because I want us to focus on the opportunity to be deeply rooted, and I mean rooted in joy, Okay. I want joy for you. Listen, I think happiness, I think happiness is weak. I just do. I think it's a sad little cardboard box like version of what God actually wants us to have and how he's designed things to be and more importantly what he offers us. I think that and, and to be honest, I think this whole cardboard box like version metaphor that I'm using is is super accurate when you really think about it and you consider how fragile happiness really is. Like like think of it this way. Have you ever woken up and received <laughs> some some really good news cuz you got that really cool promotion or or you got that kind of encouraging note from one of your kids that and you woke up and it just made your day and you're like man today's going to be great i'm happy i'm happy and and then out of nowhere all of a sudden you get into an argument with your spouse right when you're making your coffee or you find out that you didn't get to go into that university that you worked so hard for or you didn't get that promotion at your job that you thought you deserved and then all of a sudden (gasps) boom Your great day, it just vanished, right? It wasn't, it's not happy anymore, and now you're frustrated, and you're angry, and you're perturbed, and you're disappointed. Does that sound familiar? Come on, anybody? Do I have a witness? Well, you know that's true. Folks, that's the cheap game of happiness. It's so incredibly circumstantial. It's literally directly tied to your circumstances. So why would I ever wanna preach and focus on that? Why would you want that? Listen, why would you want a fleeting giggle when you could have deep-rooted joy that powerfully ripples through life, all of life's circumstances, including the difficult ones? You can't even, come on, you can't even compare them. Because if you read your Bible, and you should, you will see that this kind of rippling joy is oozing all over the place throughout the text. That's why I personally love, love the book of Acts, because it has the stories about the apostles being arrested and Beat down and having their flesh ripped from their skin as they're whipped, and yet they still leave rejoicing. Rejoicing. Are you kidding me? Like, what kind of psychopath is rejoicing after getting beat down and rejected and having the flesh ripped off their skin? Well, I'll tell you who. I'll tell you what kind of psychopath. Those who have joy, those who have joy, 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 spirit-filled Christians who are deeply rooted in joy. That's who. Come on, you know, the ones who didn't put all their chips in. I'm going to be happy. And instead, they cashed all in on I'm going to live in the confidence that comes in knowing what is ultimately true about my hope that comes from Jesus because that hope that unwavering hope provides freedom for for me from some things and it provides freedom for me to to do some things and i want my joy to be connected to that okay so so i want to talk about hope today because i think that our hope has been assaulted over and over and over and over again these past Few years and I want to talk about hope because I love you Okay, and I don't want you to lose hope at all God has he has more to offer like like I want you to be filled with hope because our witness our testimony to the whole world is directly predicated on the accessibility that we have to our hope so that we can then offer it to others Okay, I'm going to say it again. I want to talk about hope because our whole witness and our ability to reach the least and the last and the lost, meaning to reach the world, is directly predicated on the accessibility that we have to our own hope so that we can then offer that hope to the world. Come on. And that hope is directly tied to the attractive joy that draws people to Jesus are you hearing me? It's, it's not our white-knuckling, mustering effort. It's our unwavering hope in the one who can accomplish all things. Folks, we are called to be a hopeful people, not a hopeless, faithless sideshow. But when we don't have hope for our relationships because they can't get better and we don't have hope for our marriages because clearly things will never change and if we don't have hope for our families because it's always been broken and it will always be that way and if we don't have hope through life's trials because we don't believe... Our circumstances could get better. And when we don't have hope for the desolate because we believe they're not redeemable, when we don't have hope for the fruit of the promises of God because we don't have faith in them, what will we have to offer the world? What would be our testimony? I'll tell you, nothing, zero. We would have nothing to offer. But how many of us Christians are walking around like that? Come on, be honest. We, we don't have hope for our marriages. We don't have hope for our families. We don't have hope for our trials. And we act just like we don't have Jesus in our lives. Come on. This, this is so This is so important so so today i want to talk about the difference between these really important categories okay and these and these categories are are surface idols and source idols and i believe that this conversation is going to set us on a really wise biblical course to talk about how our hope can be secured okay so so this teaching basically argues that nearly everything that we complain about and everything that we struggle with and everything that we refer to as our problems are actually, folks, they're surface idols. They're surface idols. They're not the source. And and this kind of teaching comes from Dr. and Pastor Timothy Keller. Now, now Keller didn't actually like create this teaching, but he brought it back to kind of mainstream Christian circles about a decade ago, as he kind of retied and then kind of rebranded what some of our ancient ancient, ancient brothers in Christ had already taught. And, and, the, and, and then they looked at these things in scriptures and they pulled it out and they wrote about it. And so, so Dr. Timothy Keller, is he's, he's reflecting on these things and he's kind of bringing it back into mainstream Christian circles for us to wisely consider. Now, now today I can't teach between source idols and surface idols, uh, surface and source idols comprehensively today. Although I do think we should explore that in the weeks to come, but I do want to talk about it for a good portion of our sermon today, so it can help us to wisely enter into our main passage in the book of Hebrews. Okay, so so what Keller is discussing here is that the primary things, okay, the primary things that we struggle with and the primary things that we complain about and refer to our problems are not actually what's really going on in the deepest places of our hearts, okay? Are are you with me? So Let's do this way. So, So you might say, oh, man, I got a lust issue or I got an anger issue or I got a lonely issue or I got a relational strife issue, et cetera, et cetera, right? Okay, but Keller would say no, no, no Those are surface idols that are deceiving you But in reality in reality, there's something deeper going on in you and that's what needs to be addressed not not the surface issues Okay, and if you're a member of our covenant community here at RCC and you've been tracking with us through our ongoing Cultivating Our Soil series, this type of learning about not getting caught up in the surface level things and looking at the deeper implications of what's going on in our heart, that whole energy should sound quite familiar, right? That's, that's where we've been tracking and learning as we've been marching through the Bible. Okay, so, so these deeper issues are referred to as our source idols, Okay the deeper issues of the heart are source idols and there's only four of them that are faithfully identifiable throughout scripture. Okay so so let me present them to you now. Let's just go for it, okay? So I'm going to present them to you now. Here's the four source idols of the human life that are affecting us at the heart and soul level. Okay, here they are. They they're on your screen. Okay, so so we have comfort which is idolatry. We have we have the Approval all right. So these are the source titles. We have comfort approval control and Power and these are all four things that when gone awry become idolatry so 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 basically it means life is only going well and I can only be happy and Contentment is only found when I have comfort or I feel approved and affirmed or I'm in control or I have power in my hands. Okay. So, so what I want to do before we dive deep into Hebrews is simply to pose this question. And I want you to just answer it faithfully in your heart. Okay. So, so here it is. It's, it's on your screen. Do you have an issue with one of these four source idols right now in your life? Like when you just see it presented, what's your reaction to it? Do you have this issue going on? Do you have one, two, three, all four of them? Yes or no? Like, like have you maybe put a little bit too much hope into one of these four source idols? Okay, so, so let's talk. And, and I think that we should start with the belief that life is only going well and I can only be happy and contentment is only found when I place my hope in having comfort and ease. Okay, because our obsession and demand and yearning for comfort is a huge, huge issue here in our community. And let me tell you why. Because we live in the friggin' suburbs, man. That's why. We live in the suburbs. Folks, that's what the suburbs are all about. Like, do you even know why the suburbs were actually created and designed in the first place? So, so let's unpack that for a minute. The the folks, the suburbs were literally created and they exist for our comfort Period they have no other purpose They were created literally to give us a little more space and to make things a little more accessible and to make things more quick And easy did you did you know that they were literally formed to submerge you and me into an Atmosphere of comfort and ease where where our wants can be prioritized like you felt that before, right? You can relate to that. You know, namely, I want what I want when I want it. Like, we all can relate to that. Folks, the very heart of the suburbs is a seductive call towards comfort and ease. And why not? Like, folks, we can literally just open an app and with the stroke of our finger, we can order almost anything in the entire world and it can be brought to our doorsteps. So why So why wouldn't we want that right after all life should be easy and we want to make life easy Don't we listen? I too want what I want when I want it and I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it I enjoy personally the the privacy of the suburbs and I want to enjoy An easy and and a good life as well. Like who doesn't and listen to me There's nothing wrong with enjoying these things unless it becomes the place that you, play, that you put your hope in and you expect to have it. Let me say it to you again. There's nothing wrong with enjoying things and enjoying comfort unless it becomes the place where you're putting your hope in and you're expecting to have it. Because once you start to build your life around comfort and you expect to have it and you think you deserve to have it, things start getting all discombobulated folks. And and so keeping our hope in the right thing becomes a really hard issue for, for all of us because of where we live now. This era and this generation that we live in, it becomes a real problem. Does, does that make sense? Okay, so when the stress and the demands of life of a fallen world crash into the person that's put all their hope in comfort and now they're uncomfortable, which is part of being human by the way this person is going to struggle greatly does does that make sense and that's because we're living in a world that is at war and i'm talking about spiritual things here okay Okay, so when you put all of your hope in comfort and you need to be comfortable and then the demands and the stress of a fallen world start to hit you and start to hit you and start to hit you you start lashing (sighs) out at people or you start Pulling away from people and sadly folks. It's usually Targeted at those we love most And that's disheartening after all I want comfort and I'm obviously not getting it because my spouse isn't doing what they're supposed to do or my kids aren't doing their part or my job isn't measuring up to what I wanted it to do. Again, and so we just start lashing out if we have a aggressive personality or we start pulling away if we have a passive personality and we're just pouting and sulking and pouting and sulking <sighs> all the time, right? And and that's and that's difficult. And and here's what's so wild and gnarly about placing our hope in comfort. Lean into this. Look, it creates an inordinate, inordinate amount of stress. It does every single time. And that's because you 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 want comfort. But you're really stressed out because because you're not getting comfort. And so you're increasingly stressed out by by not having the comfort. And so then you want even more comfort for that stress. And then you get more stress because you're not receiving comfort. And this crazy cycle just continues. And it's weird. And it's unhelpful. And it's unproductive. Okay, but I'm not done yet. Because then there's this like really weird boredom that's kind of woven into this whole process of comfort when it becomes our, our idol. And we have to have it. And that's because a life without risk is a really boring life, folks. Are you hearing me? (laughs) Because you certainly aren't going to really ask to risk anything or do anything that's risky, like maybe actually risking getting hurt to walk through something that requires some uncomfortability because you want comfort Above all things so 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 maybe there there's a joy that god has set before you on the other side of this really hard thing when uh, facing this person or going through whatever it is but but you don't want to be uncomfortable and you don't want to risk that so so you protect it you protect it like like it's your god like like you have to have it but but here's the thing no one starts out this way no one no one starts out this way there, there's no kid that's born that just protects himself and says, "I just want to be comfortable." We don't do that. But 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 here's the thing: kids actually start out adventurous, usually willing to willing to try anything and everything. Kids are willing to risk things all the time. But but I know there's someone right now that maybe you grew up in a home that was toxic and chaotic and was always having difficulties, and, and you're probably saying to yourself right now, well oh, that's not true, Pastor Brandon. I definitely want an uneventful and a boring, simple life. Uh, okay, but listen, the problem is you aren't actually wired and designed that way. That's, that's your trauma speaking right now. That's your trauma spe- uh, taking over. All those reservations and, and, and feelings are conditioned responses from your trauma speaking. I just want to shed light on that today. So, so I want you to remember this, this, this really foundational truth about, about joy juxtaposed to comfort. Okay, here, here it is. It's, it's on your screen. Listen, deep joy and real joy can't be found by placing your hope in the pursuit of comfort and self-seeking relief. Or avoidance of life's difficulties. It must be found and can only be found in self sacrificing service and a, and a willingness to be uncomfortable. Let me say it to you one more time deep joy and real joy, it just can't be found by placing your hope in the pursuit of comfort and self-seeking protection, relief, or avoidance of life's difficulties. It must be found and can only be found in self-sacrificing service and a willingness to be uncomfortable. Okay, so so when anyone So 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 anyone who's ever served others from a glad heart knows how true what I just read is Right like like the adage. It's it's better to receive than to give folks is dead wrong. It's not true. There, there's something, there's something deep that happens in our hearts that that makes us glad when we're able to give to others and, and serve others and forgive others and to step through difficult things and to come out on the other side. And yet all of that, it comes at a it comes at a cost, doesn't it? Namely our effort and our energy and at times, at times our uncomfortability. And the losses that come with it so so if you put your hope in comfort and what you pursue at all times to receive your happiness is to stay comfortable I want you to know that you can kiss joy goodbye folks because they're not they're not compatible when we go about it that way now now maybe you're sitting back another person and you're thinking to yourself well Well, thank God, Pastor Brandon, that that's not my struggle. I actually like being disciplined, and I'm a minimalist, and and I, and I don't mind living on scarcity, and I like living on the harder side of things, and I'm always down to work through a hard, challenging problem. Okay, okay, calm down. Calm down, mr. Or mrs. Superhero. I I got you because because maybe your source idol isn't isn't comfort Maybe your source idol is approval. So so let's talk about that Let's talk about the belief that life is only going well and and I can only be happy and contentment and Satisfaction is only truly found when I place my hope in having the approval and the affirmation of others Okay, because because maybe maybe you're like if I if I can live my life in such a way that people like me and and love me If they would just approve of me I could get the affirmation of my value and worth that i'm so desperately Looking for If, if i'm accepted and people want to spend time with me My life would be better when people want me i'm happier and when people don't I can't be happy Okay. So, so tons of us, honestly, come on. We crave, crave, crave tons of affirmation, tons of love and tons of approval. Some of us just want to hear so badly. Brandon, I like you. You're a really good person, man. That was so cool. You're so awesome. Thanks, man. I never thought about that. We want that so badly, don't we? And to be honest, out of all the four source idols, this one particularly, it just grieves, it grieves my heart because this is where people folks enslave themselves. Are you tracking? And here's what's so ironic. People who struggle here with approval will often enslave themselves to someone that they don't even like. And sometimes they're enslaving themselves to someone they don't even know. And that's because they, they want them to understand them or to see them or to notice them or to get them so badly that they can't shake the reality or the idea that that person over there or, or this person over there doesn't like them or doesn't know them. Like it's, it's infallible that you couldn't be someone's cup of tea. And then for others, it's just as bad, right? Because then you become enslaved trying to seek the approval and affirmation of people who already like you and they already love you, but you can't feel it. Oh, it's terrible. Like they tell you all the time, like, I don't know why you're stressing sister. I don't know why you're stressing brother. I'm for you. I like you. I feel like we're always coming back to this. Like, But, but you're desperate, right? You're desperate. You need to hear it again and again And you always think that you messed up and you always think they're mad at you and you come on this stuff is heartbreaking Okay, so so when the stress and the demands of 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 a fallen world Crash into the person that's put all their hope in being approved and needing approval And now you've been rejected and you're not being affirmed or someone isn't readily available to tell you that you're Okay which is part of the human experience this person struggles greatly and is constantly anxious all the time come on do i have a witness is that you you're constantly you're constantly in your mind and you're anxious all the time and that's because look at me you're at a world and you're living in a world that's at war and i'm talking about spiritual things here i'm talking about the evil one keep keep tracking with me and for some of us, we spend all of our time and all of our energy trying to get that thing that we never could get from our mom or our dad or our coach or our our sibling, right? We spend all of our energy there trying to recapture this feeling of approval and being affirmed. And then you're, you're constantly wrestling with, with thoughts and you're overthinking, did I, did I, did I do the right thing? Did, did, I, did I speak too much? Did I not speak enough? Did I do enough? Should I have been better? And you're constantly in your head, wondering if you blew it. And folks, that's what it means to enslave yourselves to the opinions of others. And what a terrible, what a terrible life to live like that, right? Right? Oh man, like like who in their right mind would want to live constantly nervous about whether they might have offended this person or offended that person or if they didn't do enough for this person or that person. Or, or perhaps they should have said more on that day or they should have said less on that day. Does that person appreciate me? Uh, uh, do, do they know I appreciate them? Oh man, and let me tell you, approval idolatry reigned over my life. For most of my teen years and a good portion of my 20s and it came folks out of deep deep brokenness in my heart of never feeling like i was enough and i'm just confessing that to you today i I wasn't cool enough I, i wasn't fast enough i wasn't skinny enough i wasn't handsome enough i wasn't holy enough the list went on and on I shudder to think about the 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 way I was living the thoughts that I struggled with for so many years And it took years and years to battle that grizzly bear Down to the ground and for me to really overcome that enslavement So so I know about the approval one firsthand. Okay, so so when you put all your hope and approval and then the demands and the stresses of a fallen world start to hit you and start to hit you and start to hit you You start working harder and you start to, to serve better and to be better and you lose your whole identity as you chase this Rabbit of trying to like yourself more and to get people to approve of you more and I'm telling you You're never gonna catch that rabbit. So so let me tell you let me be the first to tell you right now this important truth uh, about approval juxtapose to your joy okay this is so very important here it is it's it's going to be on your screen deep joy and real joy can't be found by placing your hope in the approval and the affirmation from others for the real insecurities and needs that you have going on in your life folks joy must be found It can only be found in the reckless abandonment of self-preservation and a deep willingness to find total refuge in jesus i'm going to say it to you again deep joy not the cheap happiness real joy can't be found by placing your hope in the approval and the affirmation from others to deal Okay to deal with your real insecurities and your real needs that are in your way of living joyfully joy must be found and can only be found in a reckless abandonment of self-preservation and a deep willingness to find total refuge in Jesus it's it's so important look at me look at me hey approval cannot deliver what it promises. It won't deliver. Like, like you might have fleeting moments of being happy when someone says nice things to you. Like, you may experience that really cool FaceTime or that really cool hour and a half with your sister on the phone. But it won't last. Don't enslave yourselves to that anymore. I want you to step into the reality that God is offering you deep and lasting joy. And let me tell you, if your in any kind of leadership, any kind of leadership, at any company, at any level, and that includes leading your home, the approval idol will take you out. And and what an impossible yet important time to be a leader right now in 2022 coming into 2023, right? Folks, we are living in one of the most politically divided, culturally anxious, culturally sensitive seasons ever in our short-lived country's history. Because as soon as you make a decision about what's best for your family around wearing a mask or getting a vaccine, and and as soon as you take a stance on gender identity or, or abortion or some socioeconomic issue, as soon as you do any of that, you are sufficiently and categorically Sacrificed at the altar by people just because you disagree with them. I'm telling you the truth. You know it They will thrash your words and they will talk behind your back Look at me look at and they will literally treat you like a second-class citizen Because you because what you feel doesn't line up with their idolatry and and heaven forbid (laughs) heaven forbid you even try to lead your own family to live for the god of the bible right because that archaic approach to life will lead you to being an outcast and considered an archaic simpleton that needs to obviously be in counseling to be enlightened right and so and so people will speak about how you should raise your kids and whether you should get the vaccine and what the right thing is you should do the right thing over here and and the wrong thing is, is is if you vote like that over there and i'm like really come on where are you getting this from is this from first and second corinthians or first and second opinions because bro i don't know where you're pulling this stuff and i'm talking about in the church this is happening all the time okay but 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 here's what's great okay There is a way to live your life without being a first-class jerk. And there's a way of, of living your life without responding all the time to everyone's demands on you. You don't need their approval and affirmation like that. Like you can actually be free from the kind of maddening expectations of other people's ideologies that encumbers your soul. It's not the way God designed it. And and that comes from our Christian freedom of hope that is found in Jesus and our Christian freedom to hope in the right things. And that's because of Jesus. And and this happens despite what we see, despite what we even feel sometimes in our own personal experiences. Okay, but, but maybe you think this approval thing doesn't really connect to you. Isn't your deal either. So 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 maybe comfort isn't your deal and and maybe approval isn't your thing. Maybe control is Maybe control is so so let's talk about that. Okay, let's talk about the belief that life can can only go well And I can only be happy and contentment and satisfaction Is only really going to be found for me when I place my hope in having control Of the world around me. I got to control my world. Okay so so control is one of those areas where we convince ourselves that if we could just manage our world better then then everything would be pages and cream. It, it, and so if I could control my my thoughts better and I didn't have, and I stopped struggling with those bad thoughts and or those bad dreams. And, and if I could just control my, my spouse better and he would just line up or she would just do better. And if I could control my emotions better, gosh, stop doing that. And if I could just control my environment better and things would just stay where I put them. And if I could just control the behavior of my kids better, if they would just do what I say, and if I could control my, my pain. Experience is better. I better get stronger and if I could control not experiencing things that make me sad I'm going to avoid it at all costs if I could control the things that disappoint me and avoid them Life would be so much better. And so you start to build your whole life Based upon being in control. Okay, but but here's the problem You're not in control and you never will be And this is so painful, right? Because what you're actually fighting for, and I wanted to tell you today, it's not for control. You're fighting for certainty. Everyone say certainty. Come on, participate. Say certainty. Yeah, that's what you're actually fighting for. You're you're falling for the sin snare illusion of control, but your heart, it's longing. It's longing for certainty in your life. And unfortunately... There's some measuring stick or standard that you're forcing upon yourself and you're forcing it upon other people to live up to, but no one created it, but you, it's where you're like, I need to get things in place over here. I need to experience X like this over there so I can be okay. And so everyone can be happy. So, so I can be happy. Okay. And so, and so things get quite toxic in your life. And your relationships, because that type of living doesn't translate to what the Bible says is good Christian living. Listen to Pastor Brennan. Control is devastating, okay? Because when the stress and the demands of, of life in a fallen world crash into the person that puts all their hope in being in control and they can't control things, which is a part of the human life. This person struggles greatly and is filled, are you ready with loneliness, bouts of loneliness all the time and heart wrenching disappointments, disappointments after disappointment, after disappointment. And that's because, Hey, you are living in a world that is at war. And I'm talking about spiritual things here. There's a war going on for your soul. There's a war going on heaven and hell okay and when we put our control we put our hope in in control and we move it away from Jesus life life gets really really messy so so let me be the first to tell you this very important truth about control juxtaposed to joy here it is it's it's on your screen Deep joy and real joy can't be found by placing your hope in control as you try to manage all the outcomes of life that can hurt you or cause you stress. Joy must be found and can only be found in surrendering control to the only one in Jesus that can bear the responsibility of managing all of life's complexities. Hey, look at me. Listen to me. You will live lonely, constantly worried and anxious, constantly having severe bouts of anxiety. Look at me. I don't want that kind of a life for you. So just accept now and today that you can't manage and you can't control all of life's circumstances in all of life's complexities in your life, in your marriage, in your children, in your family, in your, you can't control everything. You can't control people. You were not wired and designed to bear that responsibility. Lean in. It's crushing you. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. Be honest. It's crushing you from within because you're not in control and you're bearing a responsibility that belongs to the God of the universe. Now, now, now maybe control isn't your, isn't your deal either. Maybe control. Isn't your kind of weak point. Maybe it's not comfort. Maybe it's not approval. And maybe it's not control. Maybe it's this final one. Okay. Maybe it's centered on power. Everyone say power, right? Power. And, and trust me, folks, idolizing power, and idolizing control are not the same thing at all. It's like, they kind of sound the same, like power like power struck and control. No, totally different. Check this out. Because idolizing and demanding control, it comes from fear and anxiety. You're afraid of things and, and you have anxiety and stress about things and you you want certainty and things to line up in your life a certain way, okay? that's That's control. Whereas idolizing power comes from deep, deep, deep insecurity. I'm going to say it to you again. Idolizing control comes from fear and anxiety, whereas idolizing power comes from deep, deep insecurity. So, so let's unpack that. So, so let's talk about power. Let's, let's talk about the belief that life is, is only going to go well and, and I can only be truly happy and contentment and satisfaction in my life can only truly be found when I place my hope in having power. And influence and authority in my life okay okay so so power idolatry is is where you just need to have success and you just need 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 to have influence and you just got to have wins in your life to be considered by others as accomplished and okay listen and the fear-filling is it's fear and the fear-filling is that if I'm unsuccessful at the things that I try, or if people don't want me or 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 they don't want what I have to offer, then that's a direct reflection on me. And, and that's because, you know, I, I don't quite measure up to where I'm supposed to be at. And that means I'm less than and I'm not good enough, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, so so we put All our hope in I'm going to succeed and I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to fail. I'm going to be successful and I'm going to win at all costs. I'm going to win. And we demand that, right? But folks, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge problem. Track with me. Because when the stress and the demands of of a fallen world crash, crash into the person that's put all their hope in power, but they can't power up enough which is part of being human, this person is left feeling angry and frustrated when things don't turn out for them. And I mean it, and, and so they're constantly plagued by bouts of feeling humiliated and embarrassed and ashamed of themselves when they fail. Okay, I gotta win, man, I, I can't keep losing. Oh, but people are gonna think I'm not good if I don't win. I got to be successful. Okay, but here's the thing, failure, Failure is also part of the human experience You listening, but the problem is the person who idolizes power That person can't handle it At least at least not well. So so let me be the first to tell you this important truth about power Juxtaposed to joy and remember not we're not diving into any of these these source idols deeply today I'm just I'm just presenting them. We're going somewhere. Okay, so so let me let me present it It's gonna be on your screen. It's an important truth about power and joy. Here we go. Deep joy and real joy can't be found by placing your hope in power as you try to power up and win and power up and succeed and avoid failure, always attempting to avoid, avoid the feeling of inadequacy. Instead, joy joy must be found and can only be found in, in admitting your weaknesses to yourself others and ultimately god where he can leverage them to make you strong in him i'm gonna say to you again deep and real joy can't be found by placing your hope in power as you try to power up and win and power up and succeed to avoid failure always attempting to avoid the feeling of inadequacy joy must be found and can only be found in admitting your weaknesses to yourself Others and ultimately God, where he can then leverage them to make you strong in him. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Let's let's turn this up a notch. Eyes up here with your mind so clear. Eyes up here your minds so ca- so clear okay so 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 one of the things that i love 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 about christianity is that it just creates space man for us to just admit yes yes god i'm weak and and, and yes god I'm, I'm not strong today and and yes god i'm i feel like i'm failing today and and sometimes i'm not sure of myself and oftentimes i'm not confident in jesus folks christianity makes space for that and folks that's a beautiful thing because because we as God's children get to say yes I'm weak but I know someone and I serve someone who's not and, and it allows us to say no no I can't but I know and I serve someone who always can come on folks it's our faith alone that keeps you and me from being overly self-confident Focus. And that's because the Bible teaches us that we are saved despite our weaknesses, not because of our strengths. I'm going to say to you again the Bible teaches us that we are saved despite our weaknesses. Us being weak is assumed in the text. It's not because of our strength. Folks, we don't have the power we don't have it and and hear my heart right now if you struggle with power idolatry hear pastor Brandon I don't want to preach in a way that creates anxiety and fear in you okay but but I do want you to know that you are far weaker than I think you really know listen we are all far weaker than we really want to probably admit to ourselves And I've been preaching and discipling and preaching and discipling about this reality that I'm getting ready to mention right now for over a decade. And that's the sobering reality that any of us, and I mean any of us right now, could find ourselves sobbing. uh, Sobbing on the floor right now tonight, simply because someone calls us with some terrible, unexpected news. Check this out. No one in this room irrespective of how much yoga you do for exercise yogurt and yams that you eat for your diet none of us are exempt from going to the doctor next week and getting terrifying news right like like there's no superheroes in that moment where you get that terrible diagnosis just human people fallen into shambles by the reality of that diagnosis listen tell you this is true of all of us and some of us some of us know this even more than others don't we and that's based upon the things that we've been through in our lives because let me tell you i know just how weak i am because of the things i've experienced in my life and listen the younger that you are the harder it is for you to really understand what i'm saying to you today but but the older you are The more you know that I'm telling the gospel truth. Can I get a witness today? Amen? And and so when we place our hope in power, we have a tendency to keep depending and projecting strength, 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 and we bear down that we're strong instead of just admitting that we're weak admitting our weaknesses but the reality is this we can't always win the influence game and we won't always be influential and sometimes we don't get the change that we want and we won't always win at the things we want to win in sometimes we won't get the job and we won't be promoted and we can't fix the problem sometimes we do get the diagnosis sometimes we don't beat cancer right hey look at me if you put your hope in power or comfort, or approval, or control, your joy is going to be affected and eventually it's going to be depleted. Because where you place your hope is directly tied to what your experience of joy will be. And if you put your joy in cheap cardboard box-like realities, that's what you're going to get in return. I'm going to say to you again, If you put your hope in power, power up, power up, power up, and you put your hope in comfort and you avoid risk all the time. If you, if you, if you put your hope in approval and you constantly need affirmation, if you put your hope in control, trying to manage the world around you, your joy is going to be affected and eventually your joy is going to be depleted because where you place your hope is directly tied to your experience of joy. So, so if you want, so if what you want, sorry, is comfort, your joy is going to be affected when life grows uncomfortable. Do you get this? And if what you need is approval, your joy is going to be affected when you're rejected. Or or you're disagreed with and and if what you need is control and certainty all the time Your joy is going to be affected when life is uncertain and when things are unstable and things are not going your way Check it and if what you need is power and to never lose and to never fail and to just collect wins all the time Everywhere your joy is going to be affected when you lose or you run out of your strength Which will happen all the time but pay attention, what God has for you and me is unwavering and enduring joy that supersedes that whole game. And it's the and it's the kind of backbone energy and quality that will endure and stand firm regardless of the weather. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, and though all the long-term Long-time churchgoers here know that the correct answer to place our hope is jesus Like if you've been going to church for a while, you know, I know pastor brandon the right place to put our hope is in jesus I'm, just gonna be honest today. I I, I want those who are really Yearning for life and you're desperate. You're desperate. You're like god. I I, I want you and I need your help I want deliverance here. Hey, I want to provide a little bit more than just the right answer today I want to take you on a journey so you can actually grab a hold of some of these areas that are owning your life, okay? So so let's look now at our passage today. Let's go there. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 23. Now, now before we do that, if, if you're looking at the length of time that the sermon has been going on, and you're concerned because we're just now entering into our focus passage, well... First, I would, I would like to admit, yes, we kind of are just walking through the end portion of my intro, but, but don't worry. Okay. Like, like it's all going to be okay. It's, it's all going to be fine. We're going to do this faithfully and efficiently. Like, trust me, like that whole opening was equally as important as the solutions to be provided because how many know that we need to know, we need to know first the sickness before we go around trying to have a healing event, right? We need to know that we need a physician. How many know we need a physician? Okay, so, so let's do this. Let's start in, in verse 19 of Hebrews chapter 10. It's, it's on your screen, and it's deep, and it's productive. Here's the word of the Lord. Therefore... Oh, you know, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, oh my gosh, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, since we have all that, let us draw near with a true heart in full, not partial, full. Full, full, full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean. Oh, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Oh, man, there is so much here right and we're in a single standalone sermon today oh, okay okay so there's three things from this passage that i really want you to digest today and that i want to unpack for us okay there's three of like 45 things but we're gonna unpack three realities going on in this passage okay so so here it is there they're on your screen okay number one you are completely known by god that is what the author is preaching right now through this passage into our hearts. You are completely known by God. Number two, you are completely wanted in his presence. And I can't wait to talk about that interplay in just a few moments. Okay. So, so you're completely known by God. You're completely wanted in his presence. And then number three, God is faithful. God is faithful. Okay, so so let's deal together with the first one folks You are completely known by the God of the universe Like do you recognize that there aren't any and I mean any secrets when it comes to God? none you can't hide Anything from God and neither can I like I can remember growing up and having shady parts of my life as a teenager that I thought no one would ever know. Like maybe you grew up different and you were more squeaky clean than me, but I definitely had errors in my life that I always thought no one, no one's ever going to find out about that. Listen, it just wasn't hard for me as a teenager to squeeze things past my mom. It just, it just wasn't, I'm, I'm probably gonna get a phone call from my, from my mom after she watches this sermon, but it's, it's the truth. Now, now maybe my mom suspected things sometimes, and, and maybe she wanted to give me the benefit of the doubt and, and when she noticed something, maybe she felt powerless. Like, I really don't know, but I'm just telling you that it was easy to sort of kind of get little things by her here and there without her, without her knowing my dad worked a lot and he I thought, Hey. I can just get off the hook. So folks, it's easy, right? It, it could be quite easy to live a life of deceit. That is until Jesus, you know, decides to come into your life and wreck everything and just call you to attention, right? Okay, so so God knows all of what's going on. He knows everything all the time. Like, like those areas, hey, get serious. Those areas that you don't want anybody, you don't want anybody to know or find out about. God knows about that. Think about it. Everybody has it. No one's exempt. Those areas, it could be thoughts, thought life, those areas that no one knows about. God God knows about it already. And you know that compulsion that's in you, that thing that you just do and you're like, oh, wow, I did it. Those compulsions in you that you're embarrassed about. I want you to know that God knows about that too. Hey, get serious right now. Hey, that sin in your background. You know that thing you did back when? That thing that, you have a lot of shame connected to God already saw that too. He saw it like you and I, we have no secrets, none from God. He knows it all. And yet number two, do you see you are completely welcomed into God's presence Praise Christ. Are you kidding me? And this is such a huge deal for you to wrestle into your heart today. Okay. Namely, God knows everything about you and you are still welcomed into his presence. You're wanted there. This is one of the most important wrestles of the Christian life. Are you tracking? Namely, The shame attached to who you are and what you've done and how you are and what you think and the reality that God wants you in his presence. Folks, you have been created by God, but you were created to be in his presence. Do you get that? You weren't just created. You were created for. You were created for. For His presence, He knew you and saw you, and still chose to create you for Him to be with. Him. Are you seeing this language in the passage? Uh, let's read it again. I'm putting it up. Hebrews chapter ten, verse nineteen. It's, it's on your screen. Look, look at, look at. Therefore, brothers, since we we the people of God have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, well, why on earth are we confident? We're confident because Jesus did it. Right. Look, look verse 20 by the new and living way that way is in christ look at that he opened jesus he opened it for us through the curtain right that is through his flesh his flesh was ripped his body was broken it's it's covered it's covered it's covered verse 21 and since we have a great priest in jesus over the house of god and jesus is perfect at leading it takes out 22 because Jesus did it. He did it, he knew you, he knew it, and he did it. Verse 22, let us draw near, not away, not down, not shame. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Be confident, check it, with our hearts sprinkled. Clean, that we're clean, we're super clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies, our bodies washed with pure water. Twenty-three. Look, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Confess it is what the author is saying. Confess your hope without wavering. Don't waver, because he who promised you all things. Is faithful. are you kidding me folks the message in this passage is an exhortation for, for you and for me to be confident in the reality that god knows you completely and yet he still welcomes you totally into his presence and you are to have this assurance and you are urged to boldly approach god with what's going on in your life with the knowledge that you are going to be radically accepted and that the fellowship that you have with your creator king is secure. Come on, folks. God sees you. He knows all of your little and your big secrets. He knows all of your compulsions. And yet he made a way for you in me. Oh, man, are you getting this gospel presentation that's going on right now? Look at me. You and me are welcomed, welcomed, welcomed into his presence. And we're not just welcomed, we're wanted. And that matters, okay? It matters because outside of his presence, everything, everything will be cardboard box-like unreliable. i am tell you again, it matters that we are wanted in his presence because outside of his presence, everything will be a cardboard box-like situation of unreliability. Like, listen, all these cheap versions of happiness and we replace our hope it can only hold the stuff that's going on in your proverbial storage chamber For a while like you can you can try to duct tape that bad boy as much as you want You can duct tape the corners you can make it appear to be rock-solid But eventually eventually you're gonna to have to upgrade right and spend some real money on a sturdy dependable crate or container if you really want to protect what's most valuable in your life Namely, your joy, right? Your joy for for life and for for healing and for hope, for your family, for everything. Okay, so that joy is found in the Lord. Are you tracking? It's Jesus. It's hoping in Jesus that is our proverbial, like, professional Home Depot-like container that can actually handle the variety of conditions that come with the different seasons and weather of life. Okay, listen, what's happening in this passage is that the author is proclaiming, Hey, hey, if you want life, if you really want real life, if you really want to actually taste the flavors of the joy and the vibrancy that Christ offers you, you have to get into the presence of God wow, and I know some people are listening to this sermon and they're thinking to themselves, man, pastor, people say this trash all the time. You have no idea where I come from. You don't know the things that I've done and and, and you don't know what I'm struggling with right now if you only knew that I've been struggling to even care about God for so long, if you really knew that I'm not even really that passionate about the things of God. Okay, okay, So, so this is where I need you to lock in. I need you to make eye contact with me right now. Let's do this. Eyes up here with your mind so clear. Come on, focus. Eyes up here with your minds so clear. Listen, I don't mean to offend anyone right now, okay? I don't mean to offend you or you or anyone, but listen to me. You need to get over yourself right now. You need to get over yourself Right now, hey, hey, hey! Look at me. The Bible that I'm preaching from is filled with people who honestly make you look like weak sauce, bro. It makes you look like weak sauce, sister, compared to what they did and what they went through. And I'm serious. Like you are first class weak sauce compared to them. Okay, let me let me let me show you. Uh, r- anybody raped or murdered anyone this week? Anybody? Huh? Anybody raped or murdered someone? Okay, well well David did. David did rape someone and, and David did and David did murder someone. Oh okay. Do we need to do do this dance again faith family do do we need to do this like like we do this periodically here at rcc throughout the years when we kind of look at the true reality of of david or, or joseph or peter or mr uber holy father i rejected my wife and offered her as a prostitute father abraham like like do we need to do this again rcc listen to me you have not out sinned the grace of god gee willikers That is Eeyore nonsense that has you moping around all the time, saying, Well, geez, I don't know. I think I'm too far beyond the cross. Come on, folks. That's why number two is so important. Namely, that you are wanted, radically wanted in God's presence. Come on, we talked about that in the book of Jonah. Despite all that the Ninevites did, he sent Jonah, praise Christ, and say, You're wanted, you're wanted. I got a plan and a purpose for your life. You have not outsinned the grace of God, you have not sinned the cross. Man, that's why, according to Hebrews chapter 10, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus made a way for you. He sprinkled your hearts clean from an evil conscience. Stop submitting to that, yo. St- don't submit to that. Hey, hey, how you wanna know how powerful the King of Glory is? Huh? Folks, he, he just sprinkles your heart clean. He doesn't even have to use a power washer. He just sprinkles you. The, the, the sprinkle effect of the Holy One cleanses you. Do you get that? i love that imagery of just the sprinkles hey hey just in case you and you you still got some nastiness in you and you're like well what about okay i get that uh I, I got saved on that day and he sprinkled me and i got clean but what about this little extra nastiness over here or this little nastiness over there okay i got you hebrews 10 got you because he promises that he continues to wash your but are you in the text he continues to wash your body clean as he sits on the right hand of the father praise christ So so look at me. You're welcomed into his presence. Me and you are welcomed into his presence. Put your hope in there. Put all your chips, cash in on that. It won't disappoint. Because when Jesus was born, with him came the arrival of a hope that wouldn't disappoint. And We got to believe that so when so when great things happen, I can praise the giver of those great things, right? Yeah, but but when bad things happen and they usually happen because of our own stupidity But but whether it's our fault or, or someone did it to us, we can still take that to our king, right? We get to we get to do that now. So so when you're frustrated that life's uncomfortable You can't go to comfort to try to satisfy that right? That doesn't make any sense. You're already uncomfortable. Why are you turning to more comfort that you don't have? Come on. If you're already uncomfortable, obviously comfort is not available to you in that way. You got to think. Instead, you have to go to the one who is able to hear and do something about your uncomfort. Come on. Folks, you need to go to the one that can draw you in. And if nothing else can just be with you, well, it's terrible because there's an unbelievable power to experience when you're hurting and you're you're just broken and you're just clinging, clinging to, to to something, and then you could just cling to the hope that you're not forsaken or abandoned by God. There's nothing more more powerful than that experience. Trust Pastor Brandon. Okay, okay. So let's go. Let's go to this third one and let's start landing the plane. Okay, so so number one, we're, we're fully known by God with no secrets. Number two, despite that, we're welcomed and wanted into his presence radically. And finally, this passage is telling us to hold fast to the promise that God is faithful. God is faithful. Listen, the reason Thousands upon thousands of churches this month have turned their attention back to the six-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus in the manger is because baby Jesus is the embodied testimony that God is faithful. God is faithful. And I just love, I love this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. So, so let's check that out. It's, it's on your screen. this this is paul speaking for all the promises of god find their yes in him namely jesus that is why it is through him that we utter our amen to god for his glory okay okay so so all the promises of god find their yes in jesus so 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 can your sins be forgiven you know that thing you did that you're wrestling with. Yes, look to Jesus. He did it. He paid on the cross. Read the gospel accounts. People who murderers and and, and and prostitutes. He came. Jesus came. He ministered to them. He fed them. He served them. And then he said, Follow me. Follow me to a better way. Yo? So so can your sins be forgiven? Yes. Yes, you find that in Jesus. He gave a promise. What about, have you felt abandoned before? Have you felt abandoned? Okay, okay. Are you abandoned though? No. No, you look to Jesus. You look to Jesus. You read the gospel. He went to the town where there were lepers. They were abandoned and rejected. No one wanted them, but Jesus came. He came for those who were abandoned. So so are you abandoned? Are you no, no, because that is fulfilled and promised in Jesus. What about, hey, does God care about sin? What about the other side? Like, wait, hold on, hold on. Like, I, I get it, he's forgiving everyone, but what about my pain? They did something to me. Does God care about sin that hurts? Yes, oh yes, and that is found in Jesus. Read the gospel accounts. He flips tables. He, he, he gets angry, very angry about, about sin. So we find our yes, folks, in Jesus. So, so because the promises of God find their yes in Jesus, we got to hold fast to Jesus, okay? We want to hold fast that when things aren't going great, Jesus is still going to be with us. And, and when things are going terrible and they're not changing, that he's going to walk with us. And when things are going awesome and beautiful, he's also going to be with us. In those moments as well, we can hold fast that Jesus is constant, that Jesus is secure and that he's dependable you and i are known and welcomed into his presence he is faithful and he will not abandon you he will not betray you he will not destroy you instead he is for you jesus is for you and even when you don't understand how that that terrible situation that, is, that has happened to you how can he possibly use that to shape you in a good way even when your stomach has knots knots of confusion as to why that could ever be allowed to happen. Like, why could that happen? We, as the people of God, we hold fast to the truth that God is faithful and he will not abandon us or betray us or destroy us. He will not allow you to be betrayed, sister. He will not allow you to be destroyed, brother. And instead, he invites us to choose to trust Him, that He's going to build us up, He's going to perfect us, and He's going to sustain us through all things that we experience as we walk on this arduous road of sanctification back to glory with Him Forever. And folks, when you believe like that and when you live like that, it enables you to walk with the kind of posture of joy that people will find peculiar and strange and attractive. Are you tracking? Because that's what makes you and me distinctly Christian. It's our response not only to healing, but to pain it's not our response just to the when things go well on the healing side it's our response to pain on the broken side that makes us distinctly christian hey it's our orientation not only to victory but to being slain being slain folks it's how we handle being slain that makes us distinctly Christian, and so the good gift of a very rough three-year predicament that we've all been in in this era of the COVID pandemic is the beautiful reminder that Jesus arrived and that he's here. He's here. Jesus is here. He came. Oh, man, But, but my guess is that a lot of us have put our hope in comfort, if we're being honest, like we just got sucked into it. We didn't try to, but we just got sucked into it and we've been seduced by it for quite some time and we just haven't really Processed it that much yet. You know what I mean? And, and now we we don't know what to do and we're just frustrated all the time and we're just freaking out all the time And we don't know why we're lashing out if we have an aggressive personality or if we're kind of pulling away all the time if we have more of a passive personality and, and so today Oh, my prayer for hope is that I want the light bulb to come on today so that you can just say to yourself, Oh my gosh, I I know what's going on now. Like like I'm 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 not putting my hope in Jesus. I've I've been putting my hope into this place of comfort, into this place or person or opportunity. Oh, I get it now. The suburbs, they got their teeth around my juggler and they're killing me, they're killing me slowly. I, I get it now. Or, or, or maybe you're saying, "Oh, oh Pastor Brandon, I, I really thought. I really thought if I had control over my life th- that, that things would be better, but, but now I know that I'm actually just just desperate. I'm desperate for certainty and, and I'm afraid. So, so I'm controlling things over here and I'm trying to control things over there, so I won't be disappointed again. Okay, look at me. Look at me. What never changes? What is always certain? What will always be there? What's unwavering? The answer is God, right? But, but, but if you're the one that's saying, I just I just couldn't understand why I've been so obsessed with winning things over here and accomplishing things all the time in such a way that's been ruling over me. And I know it's been ruining me though. It's ruining me, Pastor Brandon, all the time. But but now I know that I'm just actually really beaten up from life's failures, okay? And, and so I've been, I, I get it. I've been powering up on myself and I've been powering up on other people because i'm desperate in need of assurance that i'm truly going to be okay and that i'm going to be successful and that i'm going to be able to accomplish things in my life i i see it now okay hey hey look at me for all the promises of god find their yes in him that is why it is through him that we get to utter from our mouths amen to god for his glory glory so listen to me, yes, God says yes, yes in Jesus. So so if you're struggling and you're always powering up, stop it. Yes, you're going to be successful and you're going to be able to accomplish things because Jesus, he's going to guide you to victory, okay? You've got to trust him. And that's because all the promises of God find their yes in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, belt the truth armor up. Armor up into that, and and finally, I want the light bulb to come on, so that the person can say in their hearts, for so long, I didn't understand why I always needed everyone to agree with me and like me and approve of me. I just couldn't figure out why I'm so uncomfortable being alone. I never want to do anything alone. I don't want to go to the store. I don't want to watch a movie. I don't like being alone. I need someone. With me hey hey listen there's someone who will not only approve of you, he chooses you and he is willing to walk with you day and night everywhere do you get that okay, so I have two questions to land to the plane with okay so, so so here's the first, and I asked you this early i 'm going to ask you it now at this point in the sermon am I putting Too much hope in one of the source idols of comfort, approval, control, and power. If so, which one or two or three of them? Take a moment to to write that down. Are are you putting too much much of your hope in comfort? Is it an approval, control, or power? Folks, it's important for you to do this. And here's why. You need to know and you need to be honest about how you're bent. And how you're wired today okay it's so important you need to know that you feel most comfortable when you're in control or when you feel or when you feel most secure when you have power like whatever it is, you just need to know it and then you need to be honest about how you're wired and how you're bent like we all folks. Number 1, we all show up in all four of these categories, but but we all have some real broken unhealth in a couple of them most likely. And we got to be we got to be honest about that. Now, now here's what I know. I know that everybody, look at it, you do got at least one. So be honest today. Like write it down. And most of us have at least probably have two or three. And some of us if we're really being honest, we have all four. So so the way in which you've been towards would be the the biblical word of iniquity, okay like like we're landing the plane but i want you to get this the the way in which you've been towards like when you've towards comfort disproportionately you've been towards approval disproportionately whatever one it is the biblical word is iniquity so so let's define that now here here's a simple yet hopefully profound biblical definition of iniquity that i've put together for you it's it's on your screen. Okay, so, so iniquity is a deeply rooted, sinful need or desire to have something, namely control, power, approval, or comfort, so, so as to have comfort or power or control, particularly when the stress and the demands of life hit an individual hard. It's a repeat or recurring sinful behavior or orientation of how an individual was typically going to respond in their flesh, under distress. Okay, so 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 for some of us, our iniquity response when we are stressed out and and, and the pressure of life is hitting us is going to be to power up. That's how we're going to handle it. So, so when we're stressed out and, and life is hitting us, we we, we power up on that, or, or we're going to try to take control, or we're going to try to seek approval, or we're going to hunt down comfort. Are you with me? But here's the catch. Instead of looking to Jesus, we're going to hunt after those things in all the wrong ways. That's what iniquity is. It's Instead of going to Jesus for the stress or whatever's happening in our lives, we turn unhelpfully to these things. So, so whatever our, 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 our response style is, we need to be aware of it. It's just how we're bent. Okay. We don't need to be afraid of that. And and I want you to really think deeply about all this and maybe even talk about it with your family and your friendship circles. We need to, we need to get in here. Okay. So, so let's track to our final question to, to kind of finish building out this, this building that we've put together. Here it is. It's, it's, it's on your screen. Do you struggle to believe that you are completely known and welcomed in the presence of God? Or do you struggle to believe that God is faithful? So do you struggle with both of them? One of them? Which one? Because they're all connected, right? Like, are, are you trusting him? Do you believe you're wanted? Where are you at with all this? Listen, I've been in pastoral ministry going on 16 years now. I can't believe it. Like, I know, and I understand, and I, and, and I know that terrible things happen, okay? Terrible things occur in our lives. And, and I know that it can make even the best of us wonder, is God good? And is God, is God faithful? Like, I'm not downplaying that many people listening to this sermon today, let's just be honest, you have endured horrific stuff you've been through horrific stuff. Okay, but but here's some really good news for you even if you've been through horrific things in your life. Here it is. It's it's on your screen. Listen to me with all your heart. God already knows the doubts and the frustrations you have towards him as well as the places you wrestle with him about Life and he can bear your confession of it. I'm going to say it again for the brother or the sister who needs to hear this today. Be honest. God knows your doubts and your frustrations. He knows when you're angry and confused and he knows it all and he can bear your confession. He's not going to fall apart. He can bear your confession. And man, I just want some brothers and sisters to raise their hand today with boldness and just confess, 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 confess before the Lord your doubts or your frustrations or the places that you're wrestling with. Come on, because having a merry, merry Christmas and a happy new year is all about understanding that Jesus arrived and that he's here now for you in all things. And that doesn't just include all the fancy christianese it's in your doubts and places of frustration come on and I would just love for you to just know that Jesus can bear your confessions and he can keep up his end of his promises I want you to know that so so instead come so instead of turning to power and control and approval and comfort we can find All of our yeses in Jesus do you get that and folks that's how we're able to walk towards the joy that we really want in life and that God has set before us so so first I want you to take ownership okay to just name which way you're wired and bent I want you to name it and then I want you to understand which way you're wired and bent and then I want you to confess that stuff to the Lord Name it, understand it, confess it to the Lord. And then, number two, I want you to let other people of God to kind of circle around you in that area and to guard you and to encourage you well, okay? Hey, there's no Christian who can do this alone. Hey, listen, none of us, none of us are going to just bypass these, these broken places in our life. None of us are going to graduate from the areas that we tend to lean towards with iniquitous energy. We're we're going to have bents towards control. We just are. We're going to have bents towards power. We're going to have bents towards comfort and approval. The goal isn't to have full and final healing here on earth is to name it and to put it in the light, to understand it. So that it doesn't have a grip on you and then to confess it to the Lord where his power is activated and where community can get in there with you And you don't have to do it alone Like like people who who actually know me they they can genuinely say oh, oh, yeah Uh, Brandon yeah, he tends, and he, and he tends to kind of lean and bend towards control, or or he tends to bend towards approval, or, or et cetera, et cetera. Or, or people that are deeply in my life, they can say things like, Brandon, oh, my friend, I can tell that lately you've been a little bit more more stressed out this week. And, and brother, I, I've noticed that there's been an uptick of you kind of powering up through things or taking control over things. And, and I just want you to be mindful of that, brother. And, and can I help you right now? Folks, to be known like that to be known like that that's a really good and right and true thing it's not a bad thing it's a good thing and, and finally folks we need to be able to move from from just genuine confession to god and ourself and others to deep repentance of those areas that we're putting our hope in we gotta repent of that because it's wrong and listen repentance is not some divine spanking okay Get out of here with that. Listen, instead, genuine repentance is an invitation into life, specifically the life that's filled with joy that God has offered you. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So, so when I personally practice repentance, I usually go to God and I say things like, Lord, I can see and I'm confessing that how I've been operating and, and, and the way I'm turning to things, it isn't of you. And and I'm not bringing my stuff fully into your presence. I'm bringing half of it or a fourth of it, but I'm not bringing it fully. And so I repent of that. And I want to move back towards you again, God. And so I'm going to take steps now, and I'm going to get my life in order based upon the power that you've given me despite my weaknesses. And I want you to walk with me, walk with me through that. Hey, look at me. Look at me right now. Look at me. If you're like Pastor Brandon... I just find it really hard to believe that I'm going to actually be fully known and really wanted in his presence. Like I'm, I'm still having a hard time believing that he's faithful. Okay, okay, listen. The tools that God has given you for this situation first comes from his word. you got to engage with your Bible. Two, he provides a way for you in the community of faith that can support you but you have to actually let people in your life so they can rally around you and hope for God for you. Let me get into this. So, so if you're struggling today because you don't feel like you can really rally around hope in Jesus, I need you to focus right now. Lean in. Focus like you never have before. Pay attention. If you can't step into hoping in Jesus and you don't feel like you can hope in Jesus. And you can't today. Then don't. Don't today. Look at me. One of my biggest prayers is that the spirit of the living God would kill the American individualism in our church and in this country. I mean it. Folks, it is our collective hope that saves and is a witness to the world, not our individual power. I'm going to say it again. It is our collective hope in Jesus that ultimately saves and is a witness to the world around us, not our individual power. That's why the passage in Hebrews says, stir one another towards love and good deeds. Do you know why? Because sometimes you're going to be out of gas. And on that day that you're out of gas, you're going to need someone to come alongside you and say, God hasn't forgotten you. Come on, folks. It's our collective hope that's a witness to the world. It's not just you. Come on. The kingdom of God does not fall on your shoulders, brother. Come on. That's too much weight. The kingdom of God isn't dependent upon just your shoulders, sister. God didn't push all his chips on any one of us as individuals. He cashed in on the collective Unity of the church. It's our collective hope that is a light to the world. It's our collective hope That's a witness to the world. So so check this out If you don't have it today in your heart to hope Please, please don't return to the moral lens. Ew disgusting. Yuck, yuck, yuck If you don't have hope in your heart today Don't try to knuckle up and muster up effort to hope more That's not gonna work at all instead I need you to go to your brother and sister who can hope for you that's what the body of Christ was for it's been built for this because it's our collective witness and it's our collective hope in him that holds the true power so so if we are to encourage one another as long as there's days left according to hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 and we are to not neglect the gathering according to hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 and we are to be a people who speak life life rama into each other colossians 4 6 And we are to encourage one another and to figure out how to do it all the time, which is from our focus passage in Hebrews chapter 10. Hey, if we're to do all this, if we're to do all these things, my prayer, and I'm praying this right now, is that for every single little twinkly light that you've seen throughout this whole month of December, and every little twinkly light that you see on every tree and house today, and for every Christmas carol sung, and for every present opened and purchased, that you would be reminded of the hope that came into the world when Jesus the Christ was born, because he arrived and he's still here. And that's really good news for you and for me. So so let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, and, and I pray now for a great deal of clarity around where they might have placed too much of their hope, where whether it's comfort or, or approval or control or power. And then I just ask, Spirit of the Living God, that you would break through any lies that keep them from completely believing that they're fully known and wanted in your presence and that you're faithful oh lord i just pray for for a really honest uh, conversations to to kind of come out of this today that, that they would lean in to community and begin to just be honest about what's going on in their heart and that they would know that you're so tender you're so tender to the reality of it that that you can bear their confessions so so, so lord i just pray rather that for the the individual brother or sister who who's battling lord comfort and they just they just can't risk it anymore they don't want any more pain and so they just demand it demand demand comfort 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 that you would just empower them despite their weakness to risk again to risk in their marriage to to risk in their relationships to risk at work to to step into the uncomfortable to get the great spirit-filled comfort of being fully alive in you and, and for the brother or sister who's struggling right now with control and they're just trying to manage their world so there could be certainty Lord I pray that they would find the greatest certainty in your constancy and that they would grow Lord durable, durable in in, in a world that that has pain and and chaos and that they would find their way, their way in you. And, And Lord, I pray for the brother and sister who's constantly needing to be affirmed and approved in their Just struggling with thoughts all the time in their head and they're worrying about if they're showing up right in relationships and if people are mad at them and if they're wanted and they're lonely and they just want a friend i just pray that you would just minister in that area holy spirit and finally i pray for the man or the woman who's constantly powering up mustering up more strength so they don't fail because they don't want more failures. Lord, help them to know that they are a winner in in you. Lord, we need you. We love you. We want to be compelling disciples in this dark day, in a world that needs a Savior. So help us to have a joy and a hope that is worth being pursued. It's because of your beautiful name that we pray Amen Merry Christmas everyone Jesus is here Come oh come amen